We would like to say a special thank you to Randall and Kim Questad for sponsoring this week's episode in celebration of the ordination of Jamie Adi. Well, the law is going to come back and get critical of us. You people didn't plan right. You weren't smart. Everybody got too drunk, blah, blah, blah. And so Jesus is saying, I'm not here to help you in the law. My hour has not yet come. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. Jesus changes water into wine. You think you know the story of Jesus, his mother, and his disciples attending the wedding in Cana, but Luther House of Studies co-directors Dr. Chris Krogan and Sarah Stenson teach this text in a new way. We discuss this interesting exchange between Jesus and Mary, where she says, they have no wine. And Jesus responds, woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. Then we discuss what makes a miracle and what importance miracles play in Jesus's ministry. There is a lot to unpack with Jesus's first miracle. Here's John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding twenty or thirty gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, Though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first, and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk, but you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs, in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. And now on to this week's conversation. Welcome back to Scripture First. We have both of our co-directors with us this week, Sarah Stenson and Dr. Chris Krogan. Thanks for being here, both of you. Thank you. Okay, so for this week's gospel reading, we dive into uh, the chapter of John, um, or sorry, the story of John, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, um, and it kind of talks about the wedding um, in Cana of Galilee, and we were kind of joking beforehand um, because... I think so. Okay, so they talk about the wedding. Jesus's mom is actually there. Mary's there. So that's a really interesting twist on there. And then she, I find it funny because she just (laughs) dives into the wine Mm -hmm. and dives into how 
I can just hear her complaining, they have no wine. <laughs> well, the, the first thing is, did Jesus and his disciples have to send in an RSVP? They were invited. Yeah. Did they have to do the RSVP? I doubt they did. I, I mean, they just go RSVPs. everything by themselves. I mean, yes. Carrie, did you did you invite Jesus and his disciples to your wedding? No, I did not invite yeah. his disciples to but the wedding. Showed up nonetheless <laughs> through a preacher. So, <laughs> but I invited all of you. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and I was very bad at the RSVP. But so it's really funny because she's complaining about how they have no wine, and somehow, and all of this. This whole story and the signs of this story revolve and erupt from there not being wine and Mary complaining about that. Mm -hmm. So in verse 4, it says, And Jesus said to her, Woman, (laughs) what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. Clearly, clearly Jesus has never (laughs) been married. (laughs) (laughs) To speak to uh, somebody like that, a woman or a mom or something like that. And he's, yeah, he's ready for a... It's like trying to take down the wine. She's like, no, no, no. You don't understand what's happening. <laughs> so what? So what is he saying in that? Because I know he's not joking about wine. He's probably right. trying to get a message across. You think? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so this is actually one of the words that gets picked up. That what you're picking up on, Carrie, woman. What concern is that to you and me? And it would not surprise me. It will not surprise me if you hear a sermon picking up on how offensive it is. To mm-hmm. ca- for Jesus to to address his mother of all people as woman, what concern is that? So certainly, um, it's surprising. It catches our ear, like what is happening? But that Greek word is guno, is common, respectful greeting, not the usual greeting for one's mother. However, and Luther actually makes the point. That's actually the authority of the mother or father is what's at play here. And there's no higher authority on earth. And that authority actually ends in Christ where God's word and work begins. So you've now kind of got this shift, which is why Luther um, speculates, and it is speculation, about why Jesus says woman instead of mother. Because he's speaking to her now. This is his first miracle. And he's addressing her not in the law as in mother, that familial relationship. But actually now he's about to perform a miracle, God himself, and it's the shift to his actual divinity here is what is what Luther is talking about. And a common trait that Jesus does when he's now doing this, and it happens often in the Gospel of John, is he asks a question of the one who's making a request. And you're always, you're usually, that question usually kind of stops you in your tracks for a second. Well, what he's always asking is, what do you think I'm good for? That's really why he's getting to the question. Is what concern is that? To yeah, you what me? is, why, why, why do you think I've come? Which is actually him saying, what do you truly believe about me? Do you believe I'm one here who's just going to make life better, give you a little bit better wine? Or what is it you are really looking for out of me? So remember the woman who touched his cloak, mm-hmm. you know, and who touched me, right? Or the the Syrophoenician woman. No, dogs get scratched from the table, right? That that story? Mm-hmm. No, I'm not here. So he's always pulling confessions. And all of those get pulled out of context as well. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yes. And that, but he's always pulling out confessions of what he came for, which is what we're going to get at here as we move through this these different signs in John. So that, that's that's really a you know I feel like a lot of people if they were to invite Jesus to the wedding they'd be like oh right I'm 
I'm inviting Jesus. He's he's God. He can probably give me a really nice gift. Yeah. <laughs> he is God, so there's a, sure a lot at his fingertips. Around him. Whatever he he says happens. So mm-hmm. right. you know, it's like a magic genie in a bottle kind of thing. Glory but to us. If he turns and says to you, uh, Mason, what concern is it to you, like that I'm here? Like, no, duh. It's gonna <laughs> like force the confession out. That exactly. No matter what is your actual like. What's program. your motive? I would give no confession. I wouldn't speak. I would be completely like. Never mind. Like. Yep, but keep in mind though, is Jesus isn't known as the full Jesus yet. Which is why he says, my hour has not yet come. And that is actually talking about his crucifixion and resurrection. Yeah. Okay, so to give context, how old is he here, do you think? And you probably don't know. He's a full-grown man. Is he in his... (laughs) Because he's killed at 33. (laughs) Approximately, So is he in his, like, 20s? They think two to three years. No, No, probably early 30s. two to three years is his ministry has been written in the gospel. Yep. Okay. So. so then after he He's says that... He's of legal drinking age, if that's what you're wondering. <laughs> so yeah. they, didn't, they didn't ID him. <laughs> they didn't card him. So then right after he says that to his mom and calls him her out, mm-hmm. um, she tur- is the one... It's not him. She's the one who turns to the servants and says, do whatever he tells you. So but, she's the one who gives the command. The but, hour has not come. Let's work with that for a second. Okay, okay. go ahead. Because that, that's key. My hour has not yet come. This is Jesus saying, what I'm about to do isn't actually what I'm here to do. And that's going to be an important piece. Is and Nobody's paying attention to that. But when he says, my hour has not yet come, he's telling his mother, you don't understand what I'm really good for yet. And it's going to take a while. But I'm going to now, eventually, Jesus is going to produce a sign to start breadcrumbing it down, that he's going to be able to do something about this. That is incredibly easy to overlook. Absolutely. Yeah. That yep. even like Carrie, you said that he, you know, called her, his mom out. He, he didn't. He, he said, what concern is it to use respectful uh, way to ask yep. a question back to his mother. Yep. But then he drops this gargantuan Easter egg. Mm-hmm. That this is coming. My really? hour has not yet come. Mm-hmm. I am here for much bigger things. <laughs> and, and what they're asking now, remember, the party is going to be a bit massive fail if we don't get better wine, right? Or and, run out of wine. Yeah. And, 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 and so what's going to happen? Well, the law is going to come back and get critical of us. You mm-hmm. people didn't plan right. You weren't smart. Everybody got too drunk, blah, blah, blah. And so Jesus is saying, I'm not here to help you in the law. My hour has not yet come. And his hour, of course, is finally to deliver his mercy, not the law, not to make their world a better place or ours a better place in terms of the law, but actually to finally defeat sin, death, and the devil. And so his final gift actually, believe it or not, won't be good wine. It'll be mercy, (laughs) which isn't what they think they need at that point in time. So then why, right after he says that, does does his mom turn to the servants? Because she's, And say, do whatever he tells you. Because he is effectively, as we talked about those other texts, wringing a confession out of her. Okay. And she doesn't demand a specific thing. Like, I want you to do this for me or for them, or this is what you need to do. Instead, she says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. So she is moving the attention of the servants away from herself to Jesus, do whatever he tells you. Mm-hmm. So that's the shift that Mary has now too. Hmm. Okay. 
And so, then, no, you go. Well, you get uh, verse six. So after you get this great back and forth between Jesus and Mary, verse six, now we're back to the kind of the details of the story. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. So these are a lot of that's water, water slash wine. That's 180 gallons of water, water jars. And Jesus says to them, fill the jars with water. What is Jewish rites of purification? That I've never was, heard of that before. That was in the law, of course, Jewish law. And it's to wash utensils and hands before eating. Mm. That's it. So they just had to have, So it's you know, essentially big washer basins. Yeah. Yeah. So you can have without the Dawn dishwashing liquid, but yep. yes, okay, yep. exactly. It's kind of like these days you have everybody's got the little hand sanitizers, right? <laughs> Same yeah. idea. So it's kind of literally bottom of the barrel, lowest of the low in terms of cleanliness or anything. Not really and that's bottom of the, what they're using to the, become the, the, the jars the are just shows that the jars weren't a, full of wine to start with. Yeah, just and they actually water. weren't even full of water yet, which is why he says fill the jars with water. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're yeah. just, just and, empty. And it's just like, this is a pretty common thing. This is, yes. whether it's a Jewish thing, like yep. purification, cleanliness. Yep. You yep. can find this in every society. Yep. 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 Okay, so then he says, draw this out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it to the steward. And this is where it becomes interesting. So first of all, I want you to tell a little bit more in depth who who is the steward why is he important in this story well he's the chief he's the the person to whom the other servants would report so he's like the head okay. honcho head honcho steward cuz he's the one who tasted the wine water first mm -hmm. and he didn't know that it had become Right. Wine at this point, correct? Right, because the other servant people saw it. They witnessed it, didn't say anything. They knew what Jesus had done, but this chief steward did not. And he didn't know where it come from. They just right. brought him like a, mm -hmm. a, a sample some of the wine. wine. Now right. draw some out and take it to the chief steward. Yeah, right. so they didn't, he didn't know. He's just like, oh, mm -hmm. so you got new wine. Yep, we got new wine. <laughs> cool. <laughs> right. All right, good job. Thanks for going and finding new wine. So the rest of the servants know what had happened. Mm-hmm. But then when, when it starts to happen, the steward is, you know, he's, he's like, he's not impressed by this. He's trying to figure out how did it happen. So it's not like, oh, what? Wow, look, cool, miracle. He's like, this is not what anybody would expect it. And when, remember, when you expect something or you calculate something, you're in the law, all of a sudden Jesus actually worked outside of the law. Note what God does when he creates or makes things new, such as turning water into wine, is apart from the law, it can't be explained in common or scientific realm, which is why it's a miracle. There's no explanation to this. All miracles are outside the law, which is why it's really important for us to see this because a lot of people think God is only going to be confined in the law. He will do what's reasonable. He'll do what you expect you know, but no, this is exactly the opposite of what God and Christ does, which is why it's the first sign Jesus works outside of the law. He's not going to work in what you expect him to do. Well, and even in terms of on in verse 10, where the stewards, steward says, everyone serves the good wine first and then the inferior after the guests have become drunk, but you've kept the good wine until now. So that's part of the outside the norm, outside of expectation, 
even purely in terms of the wine, which is why the steward is commenting on it. Because normally, self-interest impress your guests with the really good wine well, like, before they get rule. drunk. Yeah. Like, I've heard it is this. a rule. Curie. How much wine did you have? of everything get over But, like, I've heard this with wine and with champagne. Really? Yes. Like, even to this day, it's a thing where you, like, have... the good stuff first. You have, or, like, you have the drinking champagne, and then you have, like, on the Bachelor and Bachelorette, you have the champagne. (laughs) The spraying champagne. The raining champagne. You have the good and the bad, and that's exactly what he's saying here. Yeah, of course. And the reason you you do that is what? So everyone thinks well of you, like, oh, wow, that's really high-end champagne we're drinking. A lot for that and a little for this. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Which is a good economy. I mean, it's just, it's reasonable. It's smart. Yeah, this you're not going to spray the expensive stuff around. No. And mm-hmm. so the steward is like, who the heck is so bad at the law that <laughs> they serve the good wine to drunk people? That is really not a good economic use of things. <laughs> that's just bad, bad stewardship, so to speak. <laughs> Very good. That's oh, funny, on Stewart. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> but before he's able to get his emotions out or his feelings out, it pivot, mm-hmm. it pivots away from him and goes right back to Jesus. So we don't even hear the rest of that story. Mm-hmm. It just says Jesus did this, and it was the first of his signs. Yep. No. But right. not, but we don't even get Jesus did this because all we get here is now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine, we don't actually get the words that Jesus said. I mean, obviously Jesus is the one who did this, right? But we don't, like you said, it it is this. It's a miracle. Yeah, we don't get the scientific like uh, formula of how How water turned to wine. All we get is tasted the water that had become wine. Yeah, it became wine. It became wine. That's all you get. Yep, it became wine. It became wine. (laughs) Yep, you don't have a process or a yep. Timeline just happened. Let it see. <laughs> yep. And so the, the the key here is then this is the first of Jesus' signs. And so there are six signs in the Gospel of John. Now, what's important about a lot of times when you think of a sign, which you've heard us talk about this probably in other podcasts, signs always point to things that are not actually itself, right? So you have falling rocks, right? But you, when you have falling rocks, you have don't have the rocks that are actually falling if you have a sign pointing to it, right? Yeah. Okay. The sign is just a piece of metal. Yep. Sign is not just... the actual falling rocks. But right. now, that's not what's happening here with actually the signs in the Gospel of John. The signs are actually God's word put into a substance that can be grabbed. And so this is two portions of three of a sacrament. Okay, so they're almost a sacrament. This wine is almost a sacrament because God's word was put into something. The only thing that keeps it from being an actual sacrament is there's no promise in it. So Jesus didn't say, drink this for the forgiveness of your sin to those people. That's the promise. That's what makes it a sacrament, which is why baptism is sacrament because a promise is given. A promise is given. There is a word of God into the water, but the promise finishes it off, forgiveness of sin. Mm-hmm. Same with the Lord's Supper. Word into the bread and wine, forgiveness of sin. At this wedding, word into water, wine, no promise. So there are the six signs that Jesus does are actually God's word into something. And it does something. So when God's word goes into something, it does something. But it's not 
This is why. What's happened here is it's a daily bread situation, which is actually in the law. Remember, we don't want the party to stop. We want everything to keep going. So help us in the law, Jesus. Jesus, okay, I'm put my word into a substance. But it's it's more than simply daily bread, obviously, because it is the first of his signs, which is semion in Greek, which is actually typically miraculous to confirm or authenticate. So specifically what Jesus is doing here now is authenticating his divinity. That's what's happening. And one of, I kind of, this is a little Greek trivia too, but the first of his signs, it's arche, which means beginning um, with the sense of more to come, which is kind of cool because we know even from the English, the first of his signs, why revealed his glory is how the text puts it. This is to reveal his glory, to authenticate his divinity. This is why we, um, in last week's text, talked about this is the third part of Epiphany. It's his first miracle, the first sign of his divinity. And so it revealed his glory. And then what was the result of his glory being revealed? His disciples believed in him. They believe that he was able to do what he says, which is an important thing, because when he goes about now and starts forgiving sins, it's not just a trivial thing. It's not just words. It actually does something, means something. And so this is an important event because Jesus then, in this first sign, sets a track record of giving himself and his powerful word to people who don't deserve it. This is why it's so important. You... Most people give wine before people get drunk. You're giving your best of yourself to undeserving drunk people, Hmm. right? And so Jesus has this track record now of giving himself away to those who don't deserve it. They don't have a right to it or they're not entitled to it. He's actually delivering himself to sinners, which is a key piece of what this sign actually does, God's word into people that don't deserve it, which gets culminated at the end of John when he shows up on the day of resurrection and Jesus shows up into the upper room. They were locked, afraid of the Jews, having betrayed him, having denied him. And he shows up and what does he do? He gives his word to them. Peace be with you which is no longer a sign anymore. This is himself. As the Father sent me, so I send you. Your sin is forgiven. And so this is what's beautiful. The first sign is going to be culminated by the last. Not sign, but sacrament of forgiveness. And on that note, we've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Dr. Chris Krogan and Sarah Stenson for teaching us that when Jesus authenticated his divinity, he revealed his glory. His disciples believed in Jesus's power and what he says actually happens. This may have been a miracle with wine in this story, but it's important later on too. When Jesus forgives our sins, it happens. Luther House of Study wouldn't exist without the generous support of people just like you. If you or your congregation is interested in sponsoring an episode of Scripture First, please send our co-director, Sarah Stenson, an email 
at sstenson at augie.edu. That's S-S-T-E-N-S-O-N at A-U-G-I-E dot E-D-U. You can find our email in the show notes or find more information about supporting Luther House of Study at lutherhouseofstudy.org. We also invite you to stay connected to the ministries that are happening at Luther House of Study by following our page on Facebook, subscribing to our newsletter, or watching our resource videos at lutherhouseofstudy.org. If you've found our conversations helpful in understanding gospel texts, please send this episode to a friend or family member who you think would find it helpful, enjoyable, or interesting, even if they've listened to the podcast before. We appreciate your grassroots support in spreading the good news. Thanks again for joining us this week. Remember, Jesus turned water into wine to prove that what he says actually happens. We'll see you next time on Scripture First.